we booked our videographer and photographer, so we and we met with an officiant last night. So that's our last thing is we just have to book somebody to actually do the wedding. I'll mm. do it. You'll do it, Bob. Yeah, I'll, you're I'll a do certified it. ordained minister under the Church of Latter Day Saints or whatever. You can get that online, right? <laughs> a pointy stick and stab its head off. <laughs> You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Yeah, they're dead. There Listen like your life depends on it. Broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp headquarters here in wonderful New Hampshire, this is Zombies Ate My Podcast, and I am Bob Fournier. And tonight, a special treat. But first, joining me north of the wall in America's hat, first we have uh, Mr. Ryan Murphy. Uh, happy to be reporting to you from America's toque. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ow. Uh, what's a toque? <laughs> I'm gonna let the mystery just you know settle in it's because gonna eat at me. that's you're gonna have to Wikipedia. I'm sorry. If I, take your toboggan to the corner store and ask. What's a toboggan? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, but also joining us, um, Lou could not make it tonight. But in his absence, we've got the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joel Duggan. Hello, 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 Joel. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, thanks for being here. Uh, people that don't know, which they shouldn't know by now if you listen, Joel is the one behind the Zombies Ate My Podcast artwork. That delicious artwork that we have. <laughs> delicious. Chewy, maybe. I don't know about delicious. It would definitely be chewy. <laughs> I'd, I'd enjoy it. But also, you're a little bit of a Walking Dead fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we've, uh, and by, by we, I mean Jocelyn and I. Um, we've always liked it, but we really got stuck in the middle of uh, season three, and it took us a long time to catch up. But finally, uh, just on Halloween, we decided what better excuse than to have a nice dinner, sit down with some leftover Halloween candy, and marathon the rest of season three and the first couple episodes of season four to get caught up. So now, uh, as of just even just after dinner tonight, we are 100% caught up to... Uh, the current Walking Dead. So uh, I'm actually excited. I'm I'm liking a lot of it um, compared to what I what I was experiencing earlier last year. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't talk to you last year. We all had some conflicting uh, feelings about last season, but we're we're glad you're here. We're glad to talk about it, and um, I'm excited. Should we just get right into the news, Ryan? Sure. Let's let's talk some zombie news before we tear into this uh, this Walking Dead. All right. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. I think we've all had that discussion of uh, what makes a better zombie the running, scary, in your face zombies or the um, slow walking, creepy, overtake you by numbers zombies. Mm. 
apparently Toronto is taking that to new extremes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we I can't just do I can't do a show without bringing up Rod Rob Ford for some reason, <laughs> um, and and n- neither can uh, the star and as well in Toronto there is the the uh, zombie walk which is pretty yep. famous, um, and then you also have. But there's stories, uh, this story in particular, that's talking about the participants in the zombie walk sort of snubbing other zombie events and being sort of like a, we're the zombie people of Toronto and, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to support any other events kind of thing. And it's, and it's really just like a really hilarious controversy that I saw and I figured it'd be a good chance to, you know, ignore the story and talk about the walking versus the running zombies. Um, but it turns out there's a, uh, there was a zombie run going on and they had invited these walking zombie people to join in on the event to kind of, you know, get some hype behind it. Cause it was, it was its first year, whereas right. the zombie walk had been around for over a decade. And I guess, uh, the zombie walk people, the organizer wasn't having any of it. So there's been this like PR battle going on and. You know, I, I I think one of the best lines that they had was, uh, "Can't we all just be undead together?" <laughs> it truly breaks our living dead hearts <laughs> that you do not want us to be there at all. <laughs> and I was just like, "Man, that's that's pretty melodramatic." But I never thought that walking and, and running zombies would get along. To be honest. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe they're actually arguing over it. But I so. Here's what I'm confused by. So you have this, you have this zombie walk, right, and or yeah. this zombie run, and these guys are like, "Hey, would you like to? Um, you, would you slow moving zombies like to join us? Is that that's what happened, right?" Well, okay, or was it, it vice versa? That well, yeah, that's what happened, and I don't think it was, that was the issue. I guess the issue was is the zombie run is a paid event, and the people who organize the zombie walk as a free event don't want uh, other people nickeling and diming this organization of walkers. Uh, it's not necessarily about just the running group, but I guess there's been a lot of events trying to take advantage of how popular the zombie walk in Toronto is by right. nickeling and diming these these uh, poor zombies who you know they <laughs> they got holes all over them they, they can't hold on to their money you know so that's why the zombie walk is free. I don't think so, that's actually why it's free, but <laughs> so if I made you pick a side, uh-huh. zomb- zombie walkers versus uh, zombie runners, what side are you on? You mean in terms of an event or in terms of a type of zombie? Nah, either way. Okay. Well, event walking. I mean, I couldn't imagine sweating and having all that fake blood run down you. That just sounds disgusting. Uh, but in terms of movies, definitely the walkers. Because I feel as though the walkers... The, the runners are more scary. I'll give you that. But the walkers are more... It's like, it's like Freddy... No, no, no. It's like Jason versus like uh, that Michael guy. No, he he walked too, didn't he? I'm trying to think of like. <laughs> <laughs> so Joel, what do you, what do you prefer to watch in a TV show or a movie? Do you like the slow, like the Walkers from The Walking Dead, or do you prefer like a Twenty Eight Days Later crazy style, you know, zombie run? Well, thing going I on? I haven't actually watched a lot of zombie films. Uh, what few I have outside of The Walking Dead have been more parody. So uh, right. things like Shaun of the Dead, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, I've seen the trailers for um, World War Z, and oh, yeah. that seems terrifying. <laughs> with the exception of, I'm sure some of the the close quarter scenes are probably scarier. Uh, the big shots just look like you know CG, you know, 
zombie um, balls <laughs> ai you know stuff yeah like it just, it just it looks a little bit too manufactured to to be real but I, then again again i haven't seen the movie so i don't know um but uh i i find the walking dead uh in particular with the slow moving zombies they're not as slow as they used to be i'm feeling like even if they're moving um slow on their feet they seem to be able to grab and pull and bite a lot faster than I remember, um, and, I, and maybe that's a device of the show to, to make it um, a little bit more perilous. But um, I don't know. I think if I was to be thrown into a zombie apocalypse, I would prefer the slow-running zombies. Um, anything fast like that would be—I would just—I would imagine that anything fast like that would just I mean, the whole planet would be done. I don't think there would be much. It's a lot. Much it's a lot left. scarier. That's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would spread a lot faster, and it would be a lot, a lot more problematic. What I think should happen is there should be some sort of zombie walk or run, but not announced. I think they should just do it one day, kind of under the radar, so that when they do it, everyone is <laughs> taken back by surprise. Well, well that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys might be able to answer this, because I've always wondered this, because there's a, there's a Halifax zombie walk mm-hmm. uh, as well. And uh, I always thought it was interesting from the outside, certainly not for me, not something that I would do. Uh, I have had some friends that have participated and stuff in it. I don't get it. Hmm. I would understand if it was a 5K run for charity or if it was a you know a, a 10K walk for charity or something like that. But I I don't really understand the idea of just getting together and doing a zombie walk. Like there's lots of events throughout the year here in the city. Um, I just completed um, uh, Halcon this past weekend, and there's lots of Similar events like costume parades. Uh, there is a zombie walk, I think, associated with Halcon, where again, it's it's meant to f- raise funds for this fan run convention. So, do either one of these events happening in Toronto are they raising money for anything, or are they just kind of doing it for the sake of doing it? Um, I believe the zombie walk is an is a not for profit, just for fun kind of thing. Okay, and I mean it's it's you know it. it it's a Halloween thing, you know. A lot of a lot of these zombie walks don't actually take place on Halloween. They sort of take place around, you know, the fall and summer. Um, mm-hmm. The zombie run is a, a paid for event, which I believe goes towards, um, you know, prizes and stuff. So they're not for charity. I think they're really just like a camaraderie get together and dress right. like a zombie and hang out with your buds, kind of something thing. fun. And yeah. I mean, hey, if if you know, if a zombie run get somebody who is really into zombies but not that into fitness you know out into uh the the city to get in shape then sure i mean like that's a positive thing i'm not i'm not saying that there's no room for them at all um i do find it so strange that normally when you've got um outlier groups like um well i mean we're taking over the world right now geeks and nerds but like uh when you've got people that are into zombies or people that are into video games or World of Warcraft or stuff like that, and you tend to be overall a minority, you would think you wouldn't be pushing away another peer group. You know, like if, right. if you know, if this was the if this was the 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 zombie walk versus the Dungeons and Dragons run, you know, w- like why would it be like why wouldn't you want to include this other kind of really niche? kind of group if they want to run around the city in in fake armor and rubber swords well then hey why not you know what it's not hurting anybody yeah no that it it is weird and it's sort of like like it's weird it's like they're defending their niche in the city kind of thing like we are the zombie group 
you come to us, not we yeah. come to you kind of thing. I mean, newsflash, people, you didn't come up with zombies. No. Like, <laughs> you know? It's it's an odd thing, really. I, uh, it, it makes no, no sense to me, and, and it might just be like big city politics kind of thing. Because, I mean, I come from a small town where... You know, people disagree, but at the end of the day, if there's if there's two groups that are like minded, they can usually find a way to work together towards a common goal. And this looks mm-hmm. to be just like two people button heads for the sake of button heads kind of thing. Yeah, everybody's good on their high horse. Mm-hmm. I I do find it interesting that the zombie run includes humans. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's what they're chasing. It's like the carrot on the stick kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like an obstacle course. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you can make a zombie musical like zombie jets versus zombie sharks out of this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know if zombies can snap without their fingers falling off. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. One. <laughs> well, it, it says here in the article that 2% of the gross proceeds will go towards the heart and stroke foundation. Oh, that's, well, there you go. So yeah, it is, that's it is, lame. 2%? 2% is... Pr- that's nothing. <laughs> you can't even... That's barely even worth mentioning. I mean, you can't call yourself a charity event if you're sending 2% of your proceeds to Heart and Stroke. Like, that's just... Uh, yeah. I find it funny that it's Heart and Stroke. I mean, that's kind of amusing, but... Yeah. <laughs> with zombies. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to do it, I would say you got to go all the way. I mean, do a zombie run for cancer and see who argues with you. See, that that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, if if the zombie run was a full-on charity event for something that affected a lot of people, like to say cancer, for example. You, I mean, if you were the zombie walk and you were protesting the zombie run for cancer, like, I mean, you would be just lambasted. There, no one would, you'd be out before you even started. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it, it's just such a strange, you know, the, the world's big enough for all the zombies. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, you can all stay in Toronto. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep the crazies in Toronto. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we can bring the news back over to uh, good old America here oh, and good, uh, talk about Virginia. And uh, someone got their uh, maybe maybe it was a maybe it was a last day surprise, and uh, they may have surprised some people driving through with uh, those construction signs that you see where they have the digital displays on, like you know, construction work ahead or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, they changed it from whatever it said to "zombies ahead, run." And then one, but the one is probably supposed to be an exclamation point. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a mis- <laughs> uh, Do construction signs support exclamation points? Maybe that's why they just put the one there. You think they would because those things are important. Yeah. <laughs> you should pay attention to those. But uh, it did make the news in Virginia, and I, I am going to play the clip of it because it is kind of humorous about the, um, the eyewitnesses and the kids' responses to the zombies ahead in the run situation. So uh, just take a listen to this. Zombies ahead, run one. Says a road work sign on Georgetown Pike near 495. Adam headed to work sign. It's absolutely hilarious. So I had to stop by, take a picture. The warning doesn't scare six-year-old Jamie and eight-year-olds Jimmy and Evan as they walk into Scotch Run Park. What are you going to do if there's a zombie out there? Get a stick and punch him in the head. Throw something in its head. A pointy stick and stab its head off. Jimmy and Jamie's dad, Luke. Hoping that uh, that was just a prank, but if it's not, it's good to know I've got these guys with me. And a spokesperson at Virginia's Department of Transportation says the sign was most likely hacked. There's no zombie problem, and it'll get fixed. In McLean, Mike Marillo, WTOP News. Okay, so two things bother me about this whole thing. Sure. One, if you're going to get a stick, why would you punch the zombie in the head? That just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and two... At the very end, he says, the sign was most likely hacked, and there's probably no zombie problem. What do you mean probably and most likely? <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, just, they're just making sure. You never know. The, the hacker yeah, could be 
That's pretty helpful. the news PR robot kicking in right <laughs> yeah. there. Right? I don't have any fact-checking way to <laughs> decide if there's any zombies. I'm not a zombie. Well, not okay. really, so... Probably. I'm probably not a zombie, so there probably aren't any zombies in the woods. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just how... The, you're right, like, the PR speak, like, that's how City and Above, they sort of, like, whenever they're asked by the media of anything, even it's most, like, this ridiculous zombie thing, it's like, oh, crap, what are my media lines? Oh, right, I have to talk like a robot, or talk like a zombie in this case. But, you know, it. I, you, can I just say that... Uh, Who's the younger one? One of them. It was either Jimmy or Jamie or whatever, but the guy who says they both say they're gonna pick up a stick, but I know which one I'm I'm going zombie hunting with. The one who chooses to use the stick. Not stick their oh. fist in the zombie's mouth. I mean come this on. Kid. A pointy stick and stab its head off. See? That kid? You wanna roll with that kid? Yeah. He'd be he'd be a cool cat to to bring around zombie hunting with i don't know i'm sorry he's eight years old so i'm trying not to say anything i just wanted to say like I was, one of the things that i did pull away from those clips was that there was two eight-year-olds and a six-year-old and all of their responses although correct were really violent yeah uh, scary, and i'm right? kind of surprised that a kid as young as six knows what to do with a zombie like that's um, a really good point call of <laughs> duty for that right well, I guess, but still, it's like, who is it? Is that not supposed to be stopped at home? I I love the uh, I love the dad too. He's like, I'm just happy I got my kids with me because they're violent and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't. I I chose this story because it was zombie related, and I left sort of the follow up story where it's like parental group upset with father who lets three kids, <laughs> you know, talk violence on radio. Yeah, that's not the oh, smartest man. thing in the world. I still think one of the best pranks. I think I think we even had it on the show was when they someone you know hijacked the TV station and had the emergency alert system. Only it was for a zombie outbreak. Yes, I love that, these stories. There's a whole bunch yeah. of those like hacked road signs. That, but you're right. That's the best one where they actually got on national television on like the news ticker where they would put like hurricane alerts and stuff. That's got to be someone's last day though, right? Like you know this guy's working for the construction company or whatever, and he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Zombies ahead, <laughs> right? Yeah, you gotta write something funny on those. But <clears throat> yeah, so that's all we have for news this week, which is good because uh, we're gonna get in depth this week with Joel and get his take on uh, the latest season four, episode five of The Walking Dead. If you're not ready to lose one, you're gonna lose them all. It's like turning off a light; it'll happen one after the other. And they don't just die. We can hold on. You don't understand. You have a chance. This is it. After this. I'm not giving up on anyone. Not yet. So, we have our latest installment of The Walking Dead. And uh, I gotta be honest with you. I think I watched that episode with my mouth open the entire time. <laughs> Not out of boredom or yawning or anything. I was just amazed by everything they did on that episode. Yeah, and like I think, it. yeah, and I think if you go back and listen to our previous episode, Lou Page pretty much hit as he usually does. Yeah. <laughs> every nail in the head saying, "Oh, this episode is going to have a lot of zombies. You're going to see this and that come back. You're going to get a hint of this." And I'm watching it, and the whole time I'm like, "Damn it, Lou, <laughs> you're you're good." 
He knows but, his uh, stuff. We joke that he's he's in the writer's room every every week, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. If I was a Walking Dead producer, I'd be looking over my shoulder right now because probably making sure that Lou isn't in the room right now. I mean, he's <laughs> right. been pretty he good at predicting, yeah. He's, he says he's sick, but who knows? He could be out there. <laughs> Maybe they asked him to write episode six. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that could be. So we'll start kind of like right at the beginning of the episode. We left off last week with um, now people getting sick and getting locked in the prison cells. Uh, Herschel out and about, you know, risking his own life to save them. And um, the other group still out uh, on their way back from uh, their scavenge. Mm-hmm. So this episode <clears throat> focused a lot on Herschel's story and on Rick and Carl which I thought was really cool. We can get into that a little bit later. But um, So we start out, and uh, Herschel's taking care of some patients, right? He's trying to do everything he can, and he's barely keeping people alive. I mean, barely. And he starts talking to that doctor, the other doctor, and things just go very downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, that went, that went bad pretty quick. Yeah, so... Yeah, for a second, actually, I thought we were going to lose Herschel. Yeah, I think I was saying that the entire. I'm like, yep, there goes Herschel, and then I was saying, yep, Glenn's a goner. <laughs> well, Herschel sort of proved to be, and you know, thank God for that fake leg they found wherever they found it, because he would have been right. dead a thousand times this episode. And I think um, it sort of proves his, you know, how important he is as a character and how strong he is. So they're building him up, and I'm kind of worried that they're building him up, using this episode to kind of make him appear to be this very strong character and I'm worried that they are going to rip the carpet from under us and, and not just yeah. us, but you know, rip the carpet from underneath all the survivors taking away Herschel. I mean, he's so important for different reasons to everybody in that camp now, but I think they sort of, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but they bring him down a level at the end of the episode, you know, make him less superhuman um, because he did appear to be like this Superman throughout this episode. I mean, he was kicking ass and running from group to group. He wasn't certainly perfect. I mean, there was some failings there, but it was definitely a Herschel episode. Yeah. It was. Go ahead, Joel. Oh, well, I was saying one of the interesting things I liked about it. I mean, it did two things for you know being a Herschel episode. First, it was um, you know Herschel proving himself. You know, like he was able yeah. to get around. Uh, he was able to save a few people, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. That yeah. seems to be par for the course for the show in general anyway, though. Uh, right. You know, at the end of the episode, he um, goes out to the to the Jeep with Michonne, and she knows, like, she's like, hey, do you want to come out with me? He's like, hell yeah, I do. Whereas previously there was like, you know, every time we go outside the fence, it's the same thing. Eventually we have to run. And, right. you know, Herschel just kind of slinks away and says, all right, well, you know, I can't do that. So, But now I think he knows, you know, what his limitations are and what their what limitations he has surpassed mm-hmm. um the other thing that i thought really interesting and i don't know whether you guys picked up on this or not um is that it seems to be an interesting test of faith for herschel oh yeah uh, they don't address it a lot uh in season three but uh or, or and and even season four but in season two I mean, they really hammered home uh, his, you know, moral code and his beliefs and stuff like that. And it really, you know, it really sort of struck me in this episode that I'm not necessarily saying that his faith is, that he's lost faith or lost his way. But if at the very, at most, I'd say his faith has been shaken. At the very least, I'd say he's pissed. Yeah, I feel like it's deteriorating. And Rick kind of led on with that, too, a little bit of foreshadowing, because if you remember, I don't remember if it was this episode or one before, 
where Rick was like, oh, you still think there's a plan for all of this, you know? And like, you know, almost, almost questioning Herschel's faith. Kind that of was, saying, that was this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, Rick's kind of poking at him a little bit saying, really, you're still reading that Bible and you're still telling me that there's a plan kind of thing. And then Herschel goes through all of this and he's still Herschel too. The crazy thing is like, he's so worried about the group that he won't even kill anyone in front of other people. And he still does that, you know, when the when the first person ends up dying, they have to escort them on the uh, stretcher there, take them to a completely different room. First, he can't even kill them without putting the sheet over them. But then when there's actual walkers in there and there's two kids locked in a cell, he has to take them behind a door where they can't see it. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just how Herschel is. And that's just it shows you what kind of character he really is. He's yeah always putting the group in front of himself. And yeah, like Ryan said, I'm a little worried because they're building him up on a pretty high pedestal right now. They did We've this seen in with, the past, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, you know, the, the guy with the mustache. They did that with him. I can't remember his name. I mean, but they and, started to build him up as a human being and, and a character giving him lines. And I mean, T-Dog. No. Remember T-Dog? <laughs> I do remember T-Dog. He was sort of a background character, and then all of a sudden, a couple episodes, he starts to be the hero, and I was like, man, T-Dog's badass. And then it's like, no, I'm not numb. You're dead. I just, I, and that's where this show has its one biggest fault with me, is that sometimes it can be predictable, and I really hope... In one of these days, they're gonna they're gonna say, "Okay, we're becoming too predictable. Let's build this character up and then have some something well, see, completely I, different happen." I was actually more shocked that neither Herschel nor Glenn died because the whole time Herschel's fighting people off, and you know, one zombie gets out, another guy tries to shoot a zombie, and he gets bit, and then ends up shooting another woman. <laughs> oh, did, now did he shoot? Some, I didn't quite yeah. catch it. He shot a, a live woman, right? I believe yeah. so. And then okay. she turned into a zombie, and then he turned into you know what I mean? And yeah. It was really like Herschel's in the middle of all this chaos, and uh, he's got Glenn, like his his future son-in-law or whatever, you know. And he's like, "I got to save Glenn by jumping in on this fence with, uh, you know, uh, getting a tube." And you know, his oh, his daughter ends up running. That was a crazy scene. I didn't understand what was happening. Like, what are you doing? He's on the fence. He's not going to hurt anybody. And then I realized when he said, "Don't shoot the bag," you know, I was yeah. like, oh. And then I thought, like. Really, that thing was down that zombie's throat. I think you know if you transfer that over to the Glen, he might turn into a zombie. Oh, uh, he got a new one. <laughs> yeah, he got a new tube, but he didn't get a different bag. I would think there'd be some sort of like breathing, you know. I don't know. I guess if you remove, if you just extend your belief or or whatever, you you can sort of see past that, I suppose. But don't you think if it was like some sort of virus, it might be transmitted through saliva or you know? Yeah, well, that's that's how it spreads, isn't it? Well, I guess it wouldn't be. No, not anymore. Because that's because the being bitten kills you. Well, being bitten you, gives you like an infection, right? It, the, you're already infected. I guess what I'm it's thinking go is the bloodstream. Yeah. You know, I guess if it was it was um, through the air, everybody would turn into a zombie right away. So I right. guess he would be fine. But I mean, well, they are. They all are. They all They're have all it. Infected. Yeah. But yeah. he would get infected. sick. He would get like Spoilers the zombie from season one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we're. Uh, well, yeah, and to Joel's point, too, at the very end of the episode, after all this chaos and all this, you know, killing and Herschel having to do everything he has to do to keep everyone alive that he can and loses a ton of people in the process, he sits down with the doctor who turned before all this happened and just had his Bible out and just was trying to read it. And you could just tell how distraught he was at mm-hmm. the whole situation. And I, I just thought it was it was very Herschel-heavy, but it was also very... Rick and Carl heavy too, and Joel, you have a good point in here that you really enjoyed that. 
Yeah, this I I have to say like ever since Rick um has come back from being just a little loopy after losing yeah. his wife, um I re I really like Rick and I, I really like Carl. And um there's so many other characters um in this uh, in this show um that are no longer with us because they they make stupid decisions over and over and over again. And uh you would think like in any other show Carl would be a stupid kid. Right. He would want to be a kid. He would want to be selfish. He would be, you know, a pre-teenager. Whatever. He's supposed to be, what, 12 now? 13, something like that? Around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the actor is probably closer to 14 or 15. But, yeah. Because, he, man, he, man, is he ever sprouting up. Like, he is growing know, right? up fast on <laughs> well, the show. You, yeah, you marathoned it. And you were like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. a foot per <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, you go from season three ender to season four starter. And you're just like, did he grow like six inches over the summer? Because it certainly looks like it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, one of the things that I like so much about the writing for Carl is that he listens to his dad. He doesn't agree with him, but he listens to him. You yeah. know, Rick is like, I need you to stay here. I need you to look after your sister and the other kids. You cannot leave. And most of the time, I mean, the only reason why Carl left was because Herschel was leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and Carl just like, well, I, I can't. I can't let you go by yourself. You know, like you're old enough to be my grandfather and you've got one leg. So, I mean, like I'm coming with you and rightly so. Like, and that was the right decision to make, you know, but he, he listens to his dad and there's this mutual respect and protection that happens there. He doesn't want to go with his dad because he wants to show his dad that he's a man and that he wants to be a big shot. He wants to protect his dad. He wants to return the favor because he knows that his dad is protecting him. And Rick is the same way. Like Rick is just he's he's not trying to keep Carl a kid so much as he's trying to just keep him safe. Because he's seen grown men fall when things go sideways outside the fence or wherever there's danger. And he just, you know, cannot live with himself if that happened to be his son. Um, but at the the climax of the episode, of course, when the fence breaks and oh. and Carl and 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 uh, and Rick have to use the the semi-automatic and automatic rifles to to slay all of these zombies, like I love how Rick doesn't even hesitate. He's just like, I need you. You're coming with me. Here, this is how it works. This is how you load the weapon. This is how you flip on the safety. This is the pin. Mm-hmm. You know, like just squeeze for more automatic fire, you know, don't let them get near you. If they get near you, you run. And it's just, it's straight forward, just, and Carl listens and they win. Like it just, it was really, really cool to see that mutual respect. Like Rick is not going to pick Carl first to do any of this stuff because obviously there's danger involved and he just wants to limit the exposure to Carl as best he can. But when he has to, he will. You know, and that's going to make, you know, as a character, that's going to make Carl, Carl feel good, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's got to feel more important, like his dad actually needs him. And as far as, I mean, like you said, so like the 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 gate breaks open and it's only him and Carl. And Carl comes up with the idea of let's just hold our ground, you know. And like Joel said, Rick doesn't even hesitate. He's like, he just looks at Carl, looks at what's happening and says, all right, here we go. And the beauty of the writing and the acting in that scene, because... They don't say anything to each other, mm-hmm. but you see, you see Rick kind of like looking at Carl, giving him that, you know, not the so like I'm so proud of you, but like I am proud of you, you know, like you're you're staying safe, you're listening to me, you know, I'm still your father, and you you are doing what you can, kind of like how I'm doing what I can, and Carl's kind of looking at Rick the same way, saying, you know, I like you said, I respect you, 
and I want to help protect you. And uh, the fact that there's like no dialogue between the two of them, just them killing hundreds of zombies, but kind of giving each other those looks. I thought that was a really powerful scene as far as acting goes anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well written. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, it sets Carl up as, you know, another sort of right-hand man for Rick. And, you know, uh, I, I, and I think it's important that Carl is a, is a better character this season around because in prior seasons he was acting like a child and he was yeah. acting out. And, you know, Rick couldn't quite control him. And um, I was really worried in season four that they were going to continue that storyline. And it was going to get Carl killed. And it was going to send Rick down another rabbit hole of seeing dead people. But, yeah. you know, they didn't do that because obviously in the, you know, jump of time, you know, Rick sat Carl down and said, listen, kid, you know, you're going to have to listen to me. And I'm going, you know, he kept a pretty, we saw it at the start of the season where he was keeping a pretty, you know, strong leash on Carl saying like, no yeah. guns, you know, no, uh, no weapon training, no nothing. You're going to do your farming, you're going to do your chores and you're going to go to story time like a good little boy, you know? Yeah. So I think well, it's, it's, like, it's really important. It's like Joel said, as soon as Rick kind of snapped out of loopy town, yeah, exactly. as soon as he stopped seeing dead people, he kind of got his stuff together and said, man, I gotta, I gotta man up and I gotta be the leader like I was before. And I think Carl saw that. And said, "My dad's not the crazy guy talking to my dead mom. <laughs> he's he's a guy that's going to keep me safe." Yeah, and I think that's where you get that respect from too. Sure. But uh, so that that episode, <clears throat> kind of, you know, it kind of you, you got Glenn almost dying. Herschel kind of saves him. His Maggie kind of runs in there after she shouldn't help save the day, which I thought something bad was going to happen to her too after saving the day. Well, you just think when when stuff goes hairy in this in this show, you just it's like. The the obvious you know uh, note they're holding there as the producers is okay. We've got this scenario where danger is is going on. Who can we kill? You yeah. Know? And in this episode, it was all faceless except for the doctor. It seemed like they were playing him up to be someone important, but you know they didn't take anyone away from us that was uh, was a star player. Not and, people were attached to anyway. No, and I mean, I thought Glenn was going to be was going to be done for and it was looking pretty close there at the end oh yeah they were saying and, and he pulled through and it, it seemed like uh that whole medicine line is or that's sorry that whole uh virus line is done with now now that the medicine seems, is there well yeah it's a perfect story arc i guess you could say because so the the group comes back with um the medicine and um, Herschel's kind of administering it with um, Boozy McBoosterson. And, uh, oh, right. He's a doctor. Is he a doctor? Do we have that conversation? I can't remember. I just know uh, like Former medic. Alcohol. Former yeah. medic. Okay. Yeah, you so like mili- military medic. But then he came back from, I think, a tour and turned to alcoholism. That's so what maybe, we call him, Boozy. Yeah, we, we call him Boozy McBoozerton or something. I can't remember what we called him, but it was, uh, uh, you know, we yeah, apologies so, to all the alcoholics who listen. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make funny realness, but um, uh, we, he seems like he's, you know, they're setting up a re- redemption arc for him to kind of, right. and I think Daryl sort of scared it out of him and said, you know what, you need to stop with this shit and you need to right. focus. We need, we need you uh, more than ever now that... You know, Herschel isn't a doctor. He was just more of a... He's very skilled, but he's not a he's doctor. He's a vet, yeah. And, he's, I mean, yeah, he's a vet. And it would be nice to have a doctor, especially someone as skilled who, who was a field medic uh, right. during wartime, which I think is the perfect application 
for a zombie apocalypse. I mean, right. you know, you need to think quick and you need to manage, you know, you need so, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's perfect. So speaking of Daryl, <laughs> oh man. Oh, right. So he comes back with a group with the meds and he says, how's everyone? And Herschel's like, we're, we're all right, you know, and don't mind the 9 million zombies here. We're going to be okay. Um, he goes, Carol, or she's like, talk to Rick. What? Yeah. She's all right, but talk to Rick. So then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, as you remember from last episode, Rick kind of says, here's some supplies. Get out of here, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't happen. It doesn't culminate in this episode. We don't see anything because Rick goes, pretty much he's with, walking, I think it was with Carl, right? And he's like, I got to go talk to Daryl. And Carl's like, right now? And almost like a, I want to hang out with you, father-son time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that Rick did it to hang out and be with his son. And part of me thinks he was like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to Daryl. Uh, <laughs> let's let's eat some peas <laughs> and some green beans. And <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll I think... This. We'll do this another time. I think Daryl's going to be, you know, rightfully upset. And we know Daryl's sort of a wanderer and, and has gone off the rails in the past to kind of in search of people. I mean, remember what happened to Merle. So... Uh, there's nothing stopping, you know, Daryl from saying, all right, well, I got to go find her. And I, but I wonder, will Daryl understand why Carol did it? I think Daryl's more on Rick's side when it comes to this disease. I don't think he ever mentioned, you know, he, he was there when they found the bodies and he was pretty upset by what he was seeing. He said some same, same things along with, uh, Tyrese there about getting, um, yeah, Rick will find these guys, you know? Rick will get them. And I think the only per like, it seems like Rick is happy to tell anybody in the camp, any of the higher-up people, um, which means Tyrese is going to find out eventually. Yep. Well, you know? you know he is. And yeah. here's the thing, like, so they've kind of built Daryl up to be this right-hand man, too. And, like, you see him even in previous episodes of the season telling Rick, you've done everything for us, you know? We, we all respect you. We, we need you. You know, he pretty much told Rick he needs to be the leader of this group and make the decisions again. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I know I told you that, but I love this woman. You know, like that's that's going to be a tough story to. I don't know if Daryl's going to go off on his own mm-hmm. or if he's going to go, you know, just kind of make sure all she's t- all right. I would think at the very least. I mean, she has. He has feelings for her. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what that stone he was fiddling with. He was probably going to yeah. propose to her or something. What do you think, Joel? I don't, is, uh, I don't know that Daryl he's react? in love with Carol. I don't know if it's that kind of relationship. Mm. I feel like he cares for her in a way that he probably couldn't care for his own mother. Like, mm. given, given what we know about Daryl's father and how he treated the boys, I would imagine that what wife he had however long she lasted, probably wasn't treated very well either. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember all the details, so forgive me if I'm missing something, but I feel like Daryl is treating Carol like a second chance. Like he's got a chance here to really help someone who was previously in, a, in an abusive relationship to just shine. And they're friends. And I mean, possibly like, you know, he might look at her like a mother, he might look at her like a sister, but I, I don't think that there's a physical attraction there like i don't think it's romantic yeah i mean he certainly Um, didn't show it but i think carol hinted at it in certain parts i mean there was some definite in in the end of season three i mean she was sort of showing off 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird. I mean, in an apocalypse scenario, I'm pretty sure everybody's sort of looking at each other as potential. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the excuse that Maggie had when Glenn started. They started hanging out. It's like, well, it's the apocalypse. I don't think I can. Might as well choose you. You haven't tried to kill me yet. You know. <laughs> yeah. But romantic. Uh, narrow down. Yeah, that, romantic. So <laughs> Ashley and I met. I mean, um, but uh, it's it, it's weird and. It's an interesting dynamic that they're setting up, and I. But I feel as though there's not many people in that group that would just forgive Carol. I, that's why last week I was saying that it just felt so out of character. I don't know how Carol could. Well, it wasn't out of character because Carol has just lost her humanity. But I, I feel as though nobody has quite hit that point in the group besides her. So no one would forgive her for what she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might understand it because. If we, when we look at all the other sick people, obviously those two who had contracted it earlier would have been dead by now. Yep. Yeah. Um, but still, euthanizing someone, like putting them out of their misery before they had a fighting, while they still had a fighting chance, was sort of yeah. premature. Yeah, and I think I think the issue um, will be not what Rick did, but mm-hmm. that he did it on his own. That yes. he didn't consult Daryl first. That he didn't consult the council first. He just found out that's what she was capable of doing. And this all happened when Rick was getting back in the saddle and decided to take the reins again. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like his first giant call was bye-bye Carol. Right. Uh, and I think the issue is going to be that Daryl never had a chance to say goodbye. You know, like he didn't get to see Carol look at him and say, it's okay. This is what's best. Or it was me. I did it. I don't regret it. Like these are the decisions that I've made. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I've made my bed and now I have to lie in it. And I think that would, would have made a big difference. I don't know if Daryl's going to go after her, but I think there's probably going to be some friction between Daryl and Rick for the next episode or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, I mean, I'm interested in seeing what goes on with, between Rick and Daryl and what happens when he finally tells them, because to me, <clears throat> something bigger <laughs> is kind of in the works here. And I feel like it's going to stop a lot of things from happening. And that something is, as Ryan put it, dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. The governor. This episode was so good. And I I watched it with with Ashley until the very end. And I was like, really? Come on, guys. No. I knew it was happening, too, because, you know. As, you get the peachy, yeah. hunky dory, like, "Hey, we're eating green beans together. Hey, everyone survived, and we're gonna get medicine." And oh, there it is. There's the telltale Walking Dead. You know, you think everything's all right? Well, it's not. <laughs> well, it was too on the nose, man. Yeah. It's just it. It was really. I mean, it hasn't ruined the show for me, but uh, it's some. It's it's a it's an issue I have with with many TV shows, not with Game of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones really doesn't do this. They don't pull punches. They don't. They surprise people. They don't, they don't pander. I mean, they might. I haven't read the book, so they might pander. I'm not sure, but um, when no, it comes, it's they it's, don't? it's okay, good. with Game of Thrones when when things happen, they just happen. It's like good. two lines, you know. Yeah, sword goes up, sword comes down. Holy crap! You're like, well, for example, I mean, um, spoilers if you haven't seen the last season of Game of Thrones, but when uh, Mormont dies, the mm-hmm. old bear. Right. Uh, oh, right at Castor's yeah. Creep when the, the Night's Watch turn on him and kill him it's like it happens in a couple sentences in, in the book and you're flipping back and forth on the pages going did that just happen what do you mean the character that I've been loving for the last three books is dead in a heartbeat you know same thing with the Red Wedding I mean like it's just like you know 
there's an arrow to the to the heart and all went dead and you're like Whoa, what yeah <laughs> like this who's left you know like yeah. and i feel and i feel like you know that's the kind of writing that the walking dead deserves mm-hmm. and does get most of the time like a really good example would be when the um I, again i don't remember his name either but the the guy with the mustache the 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 guy that they found in the prison when he died at the end of season three, he's just strolling and talking to Carol and all of a sudden, you know, sniped in the head and that's it. And it's like, Whoa, (laughs) like I did not see that coming. Yeah. Like I just, like even that's the kind of thing you need with Herschel's leg at the beginning of, of season three. Like that was amazing. And it was at the beginning or was it the beginning? Oh, it was the very end of the the very end. And it? it was perfect. It was sort of like, it was just happened so quickly, and then it ended. They didn't even deal with it until the next episode, from what I remember. You know, such a good scene. Yeah, and that's how they ended it. Like you bring back the governor in a cheesy PG thirteen Disney esque, you know, scroll down. It, it, I felt like I was watching ABC. I've been watching mm-hmm. Marvel Angels or Agents of Shield, mm. and it's very campy cheesiness. I I, I can't even actually keep up with it because I'm not. It's not really hitting the right notes for me. But it felt like this was. And I mean, I might be giving it too much heat, but I feel as though like it just it, it seems too network TV ABC ish, you know? Like yeah. tune in next week when the governor finally returns. We strung you along with this virus thing for five episodes. Now it's time for the real story. And I'm like, yeah. come on, yeah. guys! Like the, the virus, issue- don't you know? The virus thing was good. Don't don't undersell it by you know making that like a five episode teaser for the governor coming back. Yeah, and and the, they couldn't have put it at the end of a worse episode to put it. Like, I mean, the, the episode was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you put that kind of cheesy thing at the end of the episode, it sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, if the whole episode had been like some over-the-top episode where Andrea just doesn't shut up for like an hour and a half. And <laughs> like, just if that was the end of it, well, hey, okay, sure. You know, like that, that's how the episode ends. You know, it's the governor staring at a bunch of heads in his, in his closet or whatever it was. Yeah. Like that would be expected. It would be with the tone of the episode. And this was just so against the grain that it really kind of, I well, obviously rubbed all of us the wrong way. The, what I wish had have been the big reveal for that the governor is still alive and is going to be a threat in season four would have been that he's worked his charm or he's done something somewhere else in some other community where the characters that we know and love find that community and they say, Oh, well, yeah, we've got a camp. You'll have to come and you'll have to, you know, meet our leader, you know, insert alias here. And it's not until they get back to wherever this place is and they say, oh, this is our, you know, this is our leader, Bob. And Bob turns around and it's the governor with the eye patch and everybody draws weapons. Like, it just like that would be yeah. a much better way to kind of bring him back in where everybody goes, oh, shit. Yeah. You know? And then Joel, the episode ends, right? It, Joel it felt, should also write for The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, it, it felt like a waste of a cliffhanger, you know? It's like mm-hmm. they were even setting it up in these episodes. Like, you know, they kept you know, leaving that underlying sabotage, you know, the rats and possibly referencing the virus in a, like eight hours down the road kind of thing that kind of got us talking about like, Ooh, maybe there's something there. You know, we were, we were all zombie uh, walking dead fans were always saying in the back of our heads, like the governor's still out there, the governor's still out there. And we, I don't know about you guys, but I assumed he was keeping an eye on the prison, but to do something as like, you know, you know, slap us in the face and say, here, look, look, guys, he's watching the prison. I mean, you knew that. You probably could have assumed it, but here's a shot of him actually doing it. And I think what they're doing is they're setting up uh, the governor episode. 
Like it'll just follow the governor, you know, following what happened at the end of season three up until the point where he's watching the prison. And I think we'll get like the, really? you know, uh, you think so? well, I mean, there'll still be a time gap there, I assume, but I think there will be sort of a, a look back because there has been a lot of time that's passed and judging by how they ended this episode, I feel like the writers, their next logical step, at least in their thought process is probably to go, okay, now that we've shown the governor in the current tense, let's rewind and spend a couple episodes showing, you know, the viewers what happened. And then the final mid season episode is the, the return, the actual return where they clash or something. I don't know. Yeah. The thing that I, I don't like about the way that they, they did the end of this episode is that it, it creates these opportunities or these um, implied opportunities that no one is taking. One, he's not hiding anywhere. He's standing in the middle of the road. I mean, I think he's up maybe off to the side, but he's certainly not hiding. You know, like he's not mm-hmm. like, you know, 200, you know, meters away with a scope on a rifle observing. You know, he's standing there looking at it with his one good eye. Uh, the other thing is that because of the scene just prior to it, with Rick and uh, Carl in the garden, it's it's visually implied in from a storytelling sense that the governor is looking at them. Right. Well, if he's standing there with a clear shot at Carl, why the hell doesn't he have a sniper rifle and blow the little kid's head off? Like, you want to get back at Rick? Done. Yeah. You know, like I, it sounds morbid, but I mean, it just if he's supposed to be evil incarnate and in this this real threat. He does a lot of posturing and monologuing and like all the things that you expect from a Disney villain. Like it just, he's it, a, yeah, he's yeah, you know, like it just, it, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it, it, you know, it, it makes it feel soft and it makes you feel like, all right, well, I know nothing's going to happen until it's really obviously just about to happen. Yeah. Um, but something that you mentioned, Ryan, actually brings up a point. Uh, you mentioned it actually on uh, the Citadel Cafe the last time that you were on the show. And we were talking about The Walking Dead there. And that is the sabotage with the rats. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're sabotage. The little girl that oh, Carol right. was teaching to defend herself is disturbed. She is messed up. And she right. was feeding the rats to her pet zombie, Steve or something. I can't remember what she named him. Yeah. But those those rats were, were what she was sneaking out at night to do. She was feeding rats to the zombie. And, you know, we saw that reinforced in this episode where she was like, come on, Nick, come on. You know, like calling the zombie by his name as if it was a dog trying to lure yeah, it away from the... Exactly. You know, I, you know what? You might you might be right there. And considering the way they ended this... And, and then at and, the end, know, she's got her toe in the blood and she's playing around with it. Yeah, that was weird. Oh, yeah. She's got... She's issues. messed up, man. Like, she is a creepy little kid. And something that she does is going to lead to somebody else's death. Like, it's just... It's going to have to. Yeah. It's a basket of... Oh no! Just waiting to spill over, right? That is a good point. And you know or, what? Maybe or, yeah. That's or or maybe Joel's right. Maybe the governor put his charm on, and uh, he's been talking to this girl through the fence. Maybe that's why she fence. thinks the zombies are alive. Maybe. <laughs> Please maybe don't already... listen to us, Walking Dead writers. <laughs> oh God! Can you imagine? Um, so oh here's, man! Here's the only plus side of this. Walking Dead season three took a lot of heat for their whole story arc of the whole entire season and how it ended, how it started, and everything in, the, in between. This is their chance to truly make up for it with the governor character. Yeah, like if they want to go ahead and do Walking Dead fans a, a huge favor, do this right this time. You know, like make sure, and you know the writer's going to be thinking, 
we need to make sure we play this governor character off really well and we got to make sure it's completely crazy and things things happen because last time we had this guy on no one really enjoyed it. Oh, the, the actor, the governor, you know, actor was very great. Oh, everyone and loves I, him as an actor. But I, I'm glad they kept story. him around, and you know, because yeah. I wanted to see more of him and the character. And you know what? We all like this show. Uh, you know, I love the show. I'm not going to put words in your guys' mouth, but I, you know, I want to cut it some slack and think. Okay, the ending was cheesy, um, but in thinking into past episodes, has a has an ending like this ever? ruined the experience and i think like well maybe not maybe they'll be able to take this and use it to their advantage and it'll actually pan out in the long run you know maybe something was happening that he just happened to be there and he, you know i don't know we don't know we probably won't find out until the next episode because it seems like that's what they're billing the next episode as is the return of the governor and there'll probably be a news story next week where you know like Walking Dead sees highest ratings since, you know, season four premiere because people want to see this governor character come back well, and they want to see him justice. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> they want to see him dead. Well, yeah. They want justice. And they won't get that until well, we said this last year, but they probably won't get that until, <laughs> you know, next June. We we may have been wrong last season. We were uh, so you you kinda of think that they're, they're gonna go back in time and kinda of do a little story of what the governor's been through joel what about you what do you think next week do you think it's going to be another crazy episode or Hmm. we're going to focus on the governor well you're going to see a lot of you know um get glenn getting better and trying to put things back together there's going to be the friction at at the prison between um rick and uh, daryl uh i think there's going to be i'm kind of getting tired of tyrese he seems to whine a lot and there's going to be a lot of that next episode um because he's eventually going to find out about Carol. Uh, and with the governor, I don't necessarily think we're going to go back in time, and that might be just me clinging to hope. Uh, <laughs> I, I was sort of half joking. I feel like Ryan's right, but I, I, I want to think that, that they'll probably, maybe they'll even take my prediction. Maybe we'll see, you know, um, we'll see that he's still holding a grudge, that he still has a secret plan to return and, you know, um, take his revenge on Rick and the prison. But I feel like, I feel like he's going to be a creature of nature. Cause he's got two guys. Like he's not going to be able to do anything against the prison with just two guys. He's going to have to rebuild the cult. He's going to have to try and reestablish something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think once he has the people to do it, um, then he might return. And I, and I, in order to do that, I think it's going to be a different kind of thing though. It's not going to be, a community it's going to be like a militia it's it's going to be people that are interested in fighting not interested in 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 just living in one particular place yeah like pirates yeah yeah like mercenaries yeah zombie pirates no 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 they'll be alive <laughs> they'll turn into zombies I'm sure I, eventually but uh yeah i, I i'm kind of i hope joel is right <laughs> i do too I, to be honest that sounds more exciting <laughs> Um, I I feel like we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, the governor. I think we're going to see some tension in the prison, and then it'll skip over to the governor. Just apparently sitting by a fire. I don't know if you guys saw the previews for next week. 
Did you guys uh, see we, those? We skipped them on purpose. Um, okay. I have to. We don't have cable, so I have to download the show. Uh, oh. So as soon as the preview, if, if it's one of those things where someone's de- uh, um, ripped it from television and, and uploaded everything, including the previews for the following week, we stop immediately. We it's one of the things that we like about The Walking Dead is that Jocelyn and I only read like the first collection of comics, so we oh, got really? as far as season one, and then everything else has been brand new to us. So we haven't read the comics, so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we um, skip the previews. We don't listen. We try to avoid Twitter until we see it because it's the one show that we really get to be surprised with. Yeah, um, then I both, won't say anything. Yeah, yeah so both, yeah, both, both Jocelyn and I uh, have read Game of Thrones. So watching the seasons right now, we know what's going to happen. What's curious to us is how they interpret the books. So um, for Walking Dead, for us, it's more like well, what's going to happen next because well, I don't know. I gotta tell you, I I've read the comic books and I have no idea what's gonna happen. It's yeah. very different. I mean, yeah. Oh, it is, but it's not a bad different. I mean, it's no. definitely not. It's it's a good different. But um, well, Kirkman's yeah, involved, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He He's sees also it as a different opportunity, them. right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah, same with Game of Thrones. Like yeah, well, sort of in the sense that with Game of Thrones, he gets another shot to sort of like tell the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit different with Walking Dead in the sense that Kirkman says, like, now I get to, you know, I get a different shot at telling the same story beats, but in a different way. Like with Shane, I mean, in the book, he dies, like, what, third panel, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in relativity to, like, the show where he lasted two seasons, you know, and, and it was a long time coming, his death. But I, yeah, I really like that. And I've always said I need to wa- I need to read the, the Walking Dead books, um... And, and, you know, the, the more we watch this show, the more I'm convinced that if I did, I'd just be getting different good zombie content. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i a big fan of both. There's a, new, there's a new story arc out from those guys, too, for a comic book, which is actually pretty good. Okay. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to touch on for this episode, or do you think we covered a lot of it? I think we we nailed it. All right. Just to kind of, like, you know, say we did the best that we could, you know? I think we got a lot done, and uh, I'd like to thank Joel for all of his insight and his mm-hmm. uh, his ramblings. Those were amazing. Hey, glad to be here, man. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you talk about a little giveaway we're doing? Yeah. Uh, for those that may recall, we had a bit of a spotlight on a Kickstarter uh, for zombie T-shirts called Tea No Evil, and and they were uh, very nice to supply us with a giveaway uh, to sort of celebrate their successful Kickstarter. And to thank us for, you know, talking about them on the show. So what we want is we want somebody to send us their best bad zombie joke for Bob yeah. to read at the end of the show. All um, right. So, Joel, and for those who are first listening, I don't know if you know, but uh, at the end of each episode, Bob likes to um, embarrass us by telling us a bad <laughs> zombie joke. <laughs> and uh, sometimes the reader submitted. So I want everybody to, if they want to win this one of these, one of six lovely designs from Tino Evil. There's my favorite is the teamwork one for sure. Um, it's a good shirt. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. I, I also love the Love Hurts one. That's a good one. Um, so check that out if you want to win one of six uh, designs, male, female, uh, uh, t-shirt sizes as well. Just send us your best bad zombie joke. Bob will read it on the show. Oh yeah, uh, he'll actually read all of them, but the winner. The best bad zombie joke will get a t-shirt. And um, you can send those to info at zombies8mypodcast.com. I look forward to reading them and oh. picking a winner. And the deadline is 
next week. So have your entries in by the uh, 19th of November. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, I almost didn't say that. <laughs> and speaking of t-shirts, we also have a t-shirt up on slashloot.com with artwork by the man talking to us right now, uh, Joel Duggan. And uh, it is a fantastic-looking T-shirt in black, white, and ash. And it looks amazing in all three colors and all sizes, including infants. So that guy over in Virginia, you want to buy your kids a zombie T-shirt? I think this is the one for him. Yeah. Mine, I ordered a black one, and it is currently in Chicago. So What's or, it doing there? I don't know. It should be here on on me. I'm not wearing a shirt right now because I was hoping it'd be here by now. Well, this show got weird. Hey, uh, <laughs> before we get into our intro or outro, we probably shouldn't do the intro again. Uh, Joel, why don't you uh, tell everyone listening where they can find you when you're when you're not here? Sure. Uh, the easiest place to find me is uh, joelduggan.com. That's where I have my blog and my online store, uh, which is where you can find a copy of my book, Starcrossed Volume 1, which is uh, a collection of comic strips that I draw. Uh, you can find links to my artwork, uh, my other podcast, The Citadel Cafe, as well as uh, Comics Coast to Coast. All of it just gets fed to the blog at joelduggan.com. So that is the kind of the, the catch-all for me. And uh, all of the links to social media are all right there, too. Awesome. Thank you very much. And Ryan, you, you want to do your thing at the end here? Sure. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. So again, if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to zombiesatemypodcast.com. Email us, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at zombiespodcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. If you want to follow your favorite uh, zombie hunting crew, you can follow myself at rmurphy. Lou, the ever, not ever absent. This is actually his first time missing it, but uh, I at know, right? zombie lord. <laughs> Sorry, Lou. <laughs> And uh, Bob at Bobbert F and Joel at Joel Duggan. Um, and speaking of Joel, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. Uh, he did our <laughs> iTunes and website banner and t-shirt artwork as well. You can find more about him, second plug, joelduggan.com. And that's that's it, Bob. <laughs> that gets, it feels <laughs> you, like that gets you, longer every you week. Were gonna, it sounded like you were going to do something else and you're like, eh, eh, no, that's it. I, right. I lost myself there. <laughs> it's okay. Well, for myself, for Joel, and for Ryan, and seriously, guys, go listen to the Citadel Cafe and Comics Coast to Coast. And if you haven't read any of Joel's web comics, you got to go do yourself a favor and go to joelduggan.com and find out all of that stuff. And make sure you're following this man. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast. And just remember two things before we go. One, grab a stick and punch him in the head, and eye patches are coming back in style. Oh. Incoming bad zombie joke. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> I, I even got a new sound for that one. Well, same guy, different sound. Here we go. <clears throat> Are you ready? No. Yeah. Here we I go guess. anyway. What is a zombie's favorite shampoo? D- uh, conditioner? I don't know. Conditioner? <laughs> head and shoulders. Oh. oh, Joe got it. Uh, it's head and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I never get these. I don't think I ever got one. <laughs> I need, need blue to get them. That was good, Joel. Good yeah, guess. Good Thank job. you. I like it. I like it. That means you get to come back. Do, do an Arnold zombie, Ryan. Arnold zombie? Yeah, you got the Arnold voice, right? <clears throat> uh, 
I'm back. Give me your brains. <laughs>